You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about some of the powerful ways that AI can augment human capabilities to make decisions, learn from those decisions, and automate processes to reduce errors and improve results. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Rick Chomko, CEO at InRule Technology. Rick, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, Let's get started with you giving a little background on yourself, um, as well as what you're currently doing at InRule. Sure. So suffice to say, I've been in technology my whole life. I started my career working at a large health insurance company, and I, I think was kind of where I started the whole process of understanding how bad some of these automation projects can go. Um, you know, at first it was like delivering these massive technology automation projects. And and then I spent part of my career uh, working in consulting and witnessing the same thing, like seeing these projects and how they, the difficulty in getting them done and out the door. And, and as part of that, one of the areas where myself and my co-founder of Enroll noticed that there's this huge area where we just always seem to fall short in how the applications were getting built and tailored to the business. And we weren't really tapping the part of the organization that really knew the business. And so when we started thinking about that um, and we consulted and talked about it, it, it really talked about like how the, the configuration of these or the behavior of the application wasn't really easily described. I mean, we tried to do it inside of documents and inside of, you know, requirements, documents, little things, but, you know, a lot of times the, that tra- loss in translation issue happened. So that's yeah. where we started the, the company I'm with now in rural technology. And, and what we do here is we focus on a, a platform where organizations can 
automate or augment decisions. So ultimately, a lot of times our customers' customers have a better user experience. Great, great, wonderful. Well, yeah, let's let's dive in here. And so, you know, we're here to talk about a few different ways that AI and automation can help businesses and leaders make better decisions, learn from those decisions, automate processes uh, to be more successful. So why don't we start with the uh, decisioning component? And so on the on the InRule website, uh, you talk about no-code decision automation. What exactly does this mean and, and what are some of the benefits of that approach? Yeah, so when we think about decisioning, yeah, you can look at it from a lot of different angles, but the, the no-code automation decision is more or less what I referred to earlier, which is all kinds of organizations have a policy, right? Yeah. I mean, all, all types have their policy, and their policy is generally driven by their strategy, and often their strategy is informed by what types of people and accounts and customer profiles where they've had success in the past. And so decisioning is really about, in, in a lot of different stages of the customer journey, automating the decisions that are a reflection of the organizational policy. And so, you know, do I want to sell my offering to this person or this company? And if so, how do I want to sell it to them? At what price do I want to sell it to them? Do I want to apply a discount? And then, you know, how do I actually configure the product that I'm looking for? Yeah. It's all kinds of ways of tailoring offerings to customers that tends to be a win-win for both the customer and the company selling to the customer because, you know, obviously the customer gets kind of what they're looking for in a more tailored fashion, but also from a company perspective, they're selling them to at a price where they know that they can make a profit and, and, but also service them so that they have, they have happier customers. Yeah. Yeah. And so leaders are, chosen and and uh you know because they have experience and you know they're supposed to have the answers already right and so right. um you know how do you work with leaders to you know i always i always look at ai as augmentation you know certainly not replacement of of humans so you know how do you how do you work with leaders to enable automation to help augment their experience, their intuition, kind of all those reasons that they're, they're hired as leaders, you know, to make, make those things better and, and really um, build on their, their insights. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think um, one thing that we do is try to talk to the leaders about how they can make their processes more efficient yeah. by leveraging decisioning and AI for that matter. I mean, if you look at, you know, I, I mentioned the product configuration example, as, as a customer is going through a website and I, you know, there's one example that I like to use because it's a customer of ours, but you know, they, they allow you to configure the, those four wheelers, right. That you can drive on, on off-roading. Yeah. And, and like, there's always this example of where if you're picking the roll bar and you want a Yeti cooler, they can't go together because you can't get the Yeti cooler out. Right. So there's all these like little like moments of interaction and, and product configuration is a really good one where the user experience is better because they don't get all the way down the line and put the order order in and then find out that all of a sudden that they can't actually place the order, you know, maybe two days later because it does those two products don't or configurations don't fit together. Yeah. So that's like one really like simple example. But you know, as you start going down a little bit further, you also start getting happier customers because you know, anytime that's, there's sort of a post sales involvement of decisioning too, that improves the customer experience. Once I get into an agreement with, with a customer, 
you know, I have to fulfill that contract, if you will, to the T's and C's of it. And the automated decision helps the customer experience here as well. And uh, the example I always like to use is loyalty programs, right? So, you know, I'm a hotel, you know, frequent user. And if I go into a hotel and I'm at a certain level, I expect, you know, the, the loyalty program to sort of be firing on all the things that I say that I am part of at my level and those kinds of things. And without sort of this automation there, it gets really difficult to maintain that policy. It can often be interpreted different ways. And, and that generally doesn't lead to a good customer experience because if you show up and you want, you know, your free breakfast and you don't get it, you're not going to be happy. So those are just a couple examples of where I think like showing how at both the pre-sale and the post-sale where this automated decision is a lot of times running in the background, helping either the people that are doing delivering things to the customer in real time, like helping augment their experience and saying, yeah, this is what they should get or this doesn't belong together. And ultimately, I think it helps the customer experience because there's no guessing in terms of how that policy should be implemented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, makes sense. Well, so next, let's uh, let's talk about how machine learning uh, can help through predictions, providing more actionable insights. And you know, I think you touched on some of this, some of this stuff already, and in, in the other. But you know, just to to dive in specifically, you know, what role is machine learning and predictive analytics playing in a successful business? You know, what's what's a reasonable expectation to achieve if an organization is relatively low on the maturity scale of, of AI adoption? Predictive analytics have been going on in, inside of business for quite a few years yeah, now. Man. And I, I think that, you know, you've seen it in different places, right? Fraud detection is a really good example of yeah. where, you know, you're out traveling and maybe you're, you go to a gas station too many times and too short of a period. And all of a sudden it's saying, you know, we detect fraud. Um, that kind of stuff, or if someone actually does steal your credit card, that in fact is happening. Um, that's a really good example of where machine learning and more predictive analytics have said, all right, well, let's, if we see this happening, let's sort of put a stop to it. Yeah. But as we start going down and look further at like where ML and AI can play a bigger role, we start seeing it being applied to like, how can I start to like really customize and tailor my offerings to my customers at a price point that's, you know, along a continuum that's very specific to the type of risk that I want to. And this is really more an insurance, but where it's very specific to that kind of customer. And those are the kind of things where we see ML playing a bigger role in, in sort of the process. And I think that then there's, you look at further out, and this really where it comes in the customer experience piece, because if you've, you've ever had a ding on your car and there's been, you know, like some, some sort of, you know, damage done to it, the process of getting that auto claim adjudicated can take quite a bit of time. Yeah. yeah. What used to happen, right, is you take it to the, the claim adjuster or they come out and they take some pictures and then maybe a few weeks later you get some ruling on how much they're going to give you. Right. Machine learning is starting to step in with image recognition getting to where it is and where machine learning is getting to where it is. We can start to look at it and go, okay, well, let the consumer take a picture of the damage, upload it. And literally within minutes, a machine learning algorithm should be able to determine, depending on the type of damage, right? If it's just the ding, you know, how much it should cost to repair and whether or not your claim is just going to get go through. 
And that to me is some of the really exciting things that are coming down the line from a machine learning perspective. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. So you, you touched on this a little bit with, with the insurance example, but you know, Enroll certainly works in several industries from retail to healthcare, financial services, and, and insurance. What are, you know, what are you seeing category leaders doing in this space or, you know, where, where should companies be aspiring to go in terms of, of this type of prediction? Yeah, I think the explainability is sort of the next level, right? Cause we've, yeah. we've all had this, I, I used the fraud detection example earlier, but yeah. like when it happened to me, I, I actually didn't know why it happened. And I happened to have rented an RV right and when you go to fill up the rv it stops you at a hundred dollars oh right yeah so, so then i turn it off put my credit card back in and then it would you know and then it it denied me and so i finally realized it was because i was doing it but i didn't really realize it in the moment and and so th- those kinds of things so that if you can have something that spits back to you right away and say you were denied because you tried this twice at the same gas station kind of thing i think that's kind of where we need to get to next is this explainability level. And I think it, it tends to have a then, and, and sometimes it's more indirect, right? For a, a user where maybe it's taking away from, from where a, a customer, like customer service inside of a company, they get, you know, they're a lot of times bogged down with all kinds of requests. And if we can take away this stuff that's, you know, truly, you know, fraud or, or you know, not worth spending time on. And I'll, I like the idea of like one company I heard of that's um, looking at people that are claiming whiplash injury when the car just kind of swiped the mirror off the car, mm. right? That requires a claim, a lot of times a claims adjuster to look at it and then say, okay, you know, this is clearly not something, but I don't think companies are as far along there as they could be. And with, with explainable ML and with, this automation of saying, all right, well, let's do a similarity search and find all the kinds of fraud where we originally was a, a human sort of doing that adjustment. Let's find those and see if we have a, a bunch of similar cases to it. And if we do, well, then we, we can probably auto adjudicate or at least augment adjudicate it yeah. so that that sort of workload gets taken off the customer service and they can really spend their time with the customers that really matter, that are good paying customers and aren't trying to defraud the company. Yeah, yeah. And so do you, um, I, you, you mentioned a couple of use cases where, you know, there's still some, some progress to be made. Do you have, do you have an example maybe where, 
machine learning did help an organization make better decisions that, you know, some of the things you're talking about, you know, simply reviewing information and may not have been as successful? You know, some of these get pretty far down the line on the back. I mean, there's all kinds of places where machine learning is helping on the front end for helping segment your customers and knowing which ones are going to be the better ones to sell to, those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, which is still great. But I mean, I, I really get excited about the mission critical back end stuff where, you know, I keep going back to to fraud, but you know, there's there's also where I'll use insurance companies again where they they tend to have people that are uh, selling fake policies to mm. users, right? And so identifying those kinds of situations faster, again, sort of frees up the company to focus on the good customers. Yeah, 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 that's great. Well, so let's, um, last topic I wanted to talk about today was AI and process automation. Uh, so we've, again, we've kind of touched on this throughout as well, but wanted to, to focus on this uh, specifically. And, you know, this is an area, in addition to predictive analytics, process automation, this is certainly an area that where AI and, and other tools have been in place for, for a while, though things continue to improve. Can you talk about some of the benefits that organizations see when they really embrace process automation? Yeah, when your employees can focus on an organization on the stuff that actually matters, right? So yeah. deepening those customer relationships and del delivering this stuff, the outcomes that they're looking for, that's when uh, you, you can get a lot of customer loyalty. And I think with process automation, you know, we can streamline workflows, we can simplify, you know, what's notoriously been error prone and time consuming tasks and, you know, helping that whole process be more efficient. And, you know, I, I think that's where we, we often, we think about here at human in the loop, right? Because all the decisioning that we were doing up front and I'm just going to take a side note here. And when I talk about AI, I think about both declarative reasoning, which is a lot of times rule-based, which is that kind of contract-based stuff I was talking about, yeah. but also the machine learning side, which is all probabilistic. And we consider those all being under the umbrella of sort of that moniker AI. But when we have any kind of AI decisioning going on, there's going to be a point where we run into a situation where we, we can only augment the decision. We, right. we can provide that information to the human that's sitting there in the loop that might need to weigh in on that situation, right? And right. so, and if I'm, if I'm offering up a, a product that might be outside the constraints of what we want to automate or fully automate, then I want to route it to a human and say, all right, okay, we've got this situation. It, it could be a really good thing for us, but we really want a, um, someone to weigh in on it before we pass it along and approve it. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah. if we look at in the retail industry, process automation is leveraged to streamline claims resolution, but we don't always know that we can resolve it right away because it, it might require a human loop. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> everybody loves change, right? So, um, you know, some of this automation can often create change in, in people's roles and and that is often not met with um, open arms, let's just say, um, having done this, uh, this for a little bit myself. So, you know, when talking about the human component of, of this, 
how have you seen leaders and, and businesses present improvements in automation in a way that those existing employees can really get on board with instead of being afraid they're going to be replaced by AI or lose their jobs or, you know, or, or things like that? Like what, what's, what's a good way to, to propose what could, can often be a really positive change? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this um, topic because I think it is a huge misconception and we've seen it play out over the many years that been building in rule. When we first started out, the big misconception from our perspective was that developers, because we were going to take and allow non-technical people to change the logic or change the behavior of an application through no code, that all of a sudden the programmer's job was going to go away. Yeah. And I think we've all seen in the news and, and everything else that that's not the case, right? Like right. we continue to like drive more towards automation. There's more need for programmers. And the exciting thing, at least back then and even now, is that all this allows the programmer, the technical, highly technical person to focus on the strategic stuff. And and I'm not saying that the rule development stuff isn't strategic. I'm just saying like they focus on stuff that's strategic to IT. Let the business focus on the rules and the policy that's strategic to them. Yeah. And um, and then both sort of have this enabling moment. So I, I think about it the same way with process and, and other parts of um, the business, right? I think that there's still an opportunity for those people that maybe you're making something more efficient and their job may change a bit or maybe it changes a lot, but there's plenty of work generally to do in an organization. Otherwise, we all wouldn't look around and go, well, I'm overworked, right? Right. So there's always a place for someone to fall in and go, hey, I, I can now do this new task or new job. And I think the other sort of key piece here is we're, we're enabling the stuff that I think doesn't require a lot of, it's sort of the rote, more task-oriented stuff. And we're letting people and the humans actually weigh in on the stuff that is more substantial. So yeah, that's yeah. the other part of this where I think it's important to keep an eye on it and say, you know, that we're really like letting the human add more value where it matters. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, just while, while we're on this topic, the flip side to that. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this from the from the leader perspective and, you know, what they can do. What should that employee be doing? Or let's say before a job gets automated or there's even talk of, of automation, you know, what should... What should employees, and obviously industries and roles can vary widely, but you know, what should someone be doing that kind of sees this coming down the pike? And you know, is there a way to prepare or to be thinking about, well, okay, what if you know, twenty five, thirty percent of my current job is is automated? What you know, what, what would you recommend from from that employee's perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's focusing on. You know, why are we trying to get to the outcome? Like, keep asking yourself, like, I often say this, by the way, it's like, ask why, right? Yeah. The five whys, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but, you know, keep asking why and eventually you'll get to the, the place where you, what the outcome needs to be or what that emotional connection of what everyone's trying to get to. And then think about how you can insert yourself into that part in a different aspect of, than what you might have been doing before. And then I, that's the part that helps, I, I think, will really help you align to being more successful and in, in finding a, a job in that process that may not be automated. 
But I mean, I think if you just say, well, if you don't really understand like what we're ultimately trying to get to, then you're going to have a problem figuring out where you can fit in further up the line. And, and yeah, I have a whole thing on the why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally. And I, I love that, that exercise. And, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think there's, it's not like everybody needs to start using chat GPT every day in their jobs or any by all means, but it's like, I feel like everybody needs to at least be familiar with what we're all talking about here. And so, you know, and, and try to kind of see the implications for your job in a good and, and a bad way. You know, there's lots of, there's lots of ways to, to waste time using AI tools and, uh, but there's, there's so many ways that, that there can be improvements and just, you know, letting humans focus on what humans do best. Right. Yeah. And I, that's the, that's the part that I often try to remind people at our company is, you know, ultimately it's, you know, what focusing on where you can have a role and what you can do best, but ultimately like making sure we're aware of what the customer wants. And that also driven, I have this whole thing that I go into about like, why do you, when you walk into a hardware store and you want to buy a drill, you know, why do you want to buy that drill? Well, you want to buy the drill because you want to drill some holes and you want to buy drill those holes because you want to hang some shelves and you want to hang those shelves because you want to clean your garage and you want to clean your garage because Ultimately, you want to park your car in the garage because you're afraid that someone's going to slip on the driveway or, you know, you can't find things. You know, there's an emotional yeah. connection somewhere in there that you have to get to in order to sort of really understand why we're doing the why we're getting to the outcome or why we're doing our tasks. Yeah, oh, I, I love that. That's that's great. Well, Rick, uh, thank you so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up here and you know you've given a lot of great advice already but just one one thing and maybe even summarizing some of what you said already but you know what's one piece of advice you'd have for an organization that knows they need to invest in greater automation but maybe not sure where to start where you know what what do you recommend yeah i guess it's going back to what's the outcome you want and then is the organization ready to take on the effort so, and may, and I think the last one too is because we've seen some failed projects and I think we need this, the stakeholders have to be bought in and they have to be ready to drive it yeah. because if there's always going to be hiccups in a project and if you don't have the right stakeholders sort of supporting it, it's going to, it's going to pause or it's going to die out. So I, I would say like, make sure you have support throughout the organization. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Rick Chomko, CEO at InRule Technology, for joining the show. You can learn more about Rick and InRule Technology by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. 
it's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.